Each week on the show, I do a, yeah, a few minutes. I try to talk about climate change, and I, I incidentally just ran into a lady that says she still doesn't believe it. Where well, I mean, we're we're outstanding. Let's just say we're in central part of Texas. Unbelievable weather, and and she keeps getting the weather confused with what we talk about when we talk climate change. And only the first month of this summer, folks, much of the Northern Hemisphere, the records are already tumbling. I mean records that have never been seen before. The Pacific Northwest and Canada are in a grip of really, really unprecedented heat. Major cities such as Portland, Oregon, and Seattle broke all-time records for hottest days. And I mean by four and five and six degrees. We're not talking they break it all. It went up half a degree. Thousands over there were without power. I worked over there last year in Ashland, Oregon, and my friends that are over there say it's just, it's just basically unbearable. On this past Monday, well, Monday a week by the time you get this, because you'll hear it over the weekend, British Columbia, light in British Columbia, went to 120 degrees. But folks, that's in Canada. To kind of put it in a reference, folks, that's a degree higher than the city of Las Vegas has ever recorded. That's just, think about that, because we think of Las Vegas as a pretty hot spot. And how does that really affect people? Remember, they don't even use air conditioning up there. The British Columbian Coroner's Service said Tuesday that there's been a significant increase in death reports just in the recent days since the heat wave began. It's actually warmer in parts of Western Canada this week than it is in Dubai. Think about that. I mean, it's not just something that's it's just not average or normal. The lady that I had my discussion with this week said, well, there's normal fluctuations in weather. And she's absolutely long-term, short-term, weather's changed. But these kind of heat waves, this week it was uh, 116 degrees north of the Arctic Circle. Certain areas of Siberia that we always think about as like one of the coldest places on Earth exceeded 100. They were at 100.4 as I'm doing this. So it's a few days before you get it picked up. I'm, I'm doing this on a Thursday. It was on a Wednesday that you've just passed. And it's just unprecedented by tons of degrees. I mean, we're not breaking the records by a degree or two. It's five, six, eight degrees at a time. Yes, there is normal climate fluctuation. There's no doubt in any scientist's mind that follows this that we are contributing to this really in a bigger way and a lot sooner than we thought was going to happen. We were thought this was going to be here about the year 2050. So we're way ahead of ourselves, whatever that's good or bad for. And I'm going to mention again because it was such a, a, a drastic weather happening in February here where I live. Unbelievable unprecedented cold. Boy, did that just strike off all the, I call them the naysayers, to think that climate's not changing. Well, it's exactly what caused that that really, really, really cold front was the thing called an Arctic vortex. At the same time, it was four degrees where I live in a place, as far as I know, hadn't been been four degrees in the 35 years. I've lived here and looking in the past, it was basically a record since we've been keeping, able to keep temperature records right where I live. But it was in the 70s, that same week in Alaska. 
in central and northern Alaska, they were they were way, way, 50 degrees above their normal temperature or 60, maybe even more than that. That's where the vortex came from. Folks, hot air rises and cold air sinks, and it came right down at us. We knew it was going to come. We didn't even know it was going to be that bad. But that is climate change. We used to, the, the bad news was, we used to just talk about a thing called global warming. Well, it's not going to all be warming. The storms that come are going to be more severe. The hurricanes are going to be more severe. Some places are getting much wetter. They're, they're drowning in their own rain. Other places, look out west, just what happened this very week in Oregon and the whole great northwest part of the United States, unprecedented heat by degrees, 116 in, in, in um, Portland, Oregon, 113 where I was in Ashland, never before recorded. So yes, we do need to reconsider what we're doing to our earth. We may have already missed, we tried to make a goal 30 years ago, we knew this was coming, we made a goal of trying to only increase our temperature before we caught it and, and kind of got a hold of it about a one and a half degrees centigrade or Celsius, three degrees or so. That's probably not possible anymore. We're probably going to exceed that without a doubt. Now, there are big efforts being made. Last week, I did one of my quarters of my show on electric vehicles. Yes, they're going to help. The grid's going to help if we put it together right. I mean, it's kind of ironic that this week, uh, the governor's down trying to build a wall in South Texas when we haven't spent the money yet to fix the grid that was freezing us all to death in February. Nothing's been done about that. It's supposed to be, but folks, we need to put things in an order of importance as far as the environment. That's what my show is about. Organic living, organic gardening, sustainability uh, for, of this earth for you and I, but more importantly, for our children and our children's children. And we're just not making much of an effort to do that yet. Just as a matter of reference for those of you that do want to look at this sort of thing, there is a drought monitor available to you on your internet all you do is put in drought monitor, all one word, dot U-N-L dot E-D-U. It's, it is updated every Thursday. So this is July 1st that I'm doing this. You'll get it like on the, th- well, it'll be to most of my stations by the 3rd and to everybody by Monday. But the point being is they do it every Thursday at 8.30 a.m. I am in central Texas, and we're actually in a a pretty normal water level. We were in drought, but we've been so lucky in the last few weeks. But west of us is a little bit of a drought problem along the, the, what would be the kind of the western part of Texas going into Mexico. And then, of course, in El Paso is pretty severe. And if you go any further west than that, most of California, a good deal, a lot of Oregon, the entire central part of the New Mexican New Mexico and that area are all what we call D4. It's dry, basically. It's called extreme drought. And, of course, one of the things that's happening this this particular year, way earlier than normal, is a great number of forest fires already. We went through it last year. I was in a forest fire or a fire in southern Oregon, the Ashland Talent area that burnt the whole city of Talent. And when that fire ended, it had burnt over a million acres. And then there were a few fires after that. So yes, is it changing? Yes. Have we had fires before? Yes. Have they ever started this early? Not until about 20 years ago. And they increase on a yearly basis more than ever. And it doesn't look like there's going to be a a short-term stop on that. 
kind of add to our weather forecasting, climate forecasting, it appears, again, as has happened in the last few years, to be an abnormal number of hurricanes, tornadoes, and weather disruptions are already predicted for this year. We're already on, I think, number five as we speak, and there's a pretty good situation, well, or bad, depends on what you call it, building right now in the Atlantic and the Gulf regions for upcoming storms in the next few weeks. So keep your uh, keep yourself alert. This is what we're going to call the new normal. People that don't believe in it, they'll just have to take time to figure it out. But we do need to, to vary our existence a little bit for the safety of us and Well, look at the buildings in Miami. They're pretty sure. Yes, it had to do with uh, some of the changes. Water coming up. The oceans are getting higher. I think you're going to find out that the building that went down in uh, Surfside was literally kind of dug out from the bottom because when that water comes up in that really, really heavy sand they have it just flows back and forth almost like a river except it's underground and the water level is up three or four inches in the last 20 years or so and those buildings weren't necessarily built to be with their foundations underwater mostly almost all year round now the pillars are in the ground but unlike where i live here finding what we used to call bedrock is not always very easy to do in places like florida so Is it part of the change of what's going on? I think they're going to find out it is, and I think that uh, that'll be information you're going to get from them. Eh, It's going to take a while because they really, really, I feel so bad for those folks there. That was just horrific. But you're going to find out it's part of what we're doing. We do have, uh, you know, can't blame yourself, don't, don't do, but we are affecting this on a worldwide basis, and the sooner we figure it out, the sooner we at least we'll begin to do something to solve the problems. So to finish this quarter of the show, since I've sort of babbled on, I do that one quarter of my show usually. Uh, do Those of you that are gardeners, do kind of even think about adjusting the plants that you might be going to plant, when, where, why, and how, as the weather kind of moves around on us, especially in the terms of extremes, sometimes colder than ever in the winter and hotter than ever in the summer. And, and, They have adjusted the USDA agricultural studies. They've moved us. I think I used to be like an uh, 8, and now I'm an 8A or an 8B right where I am. just means that the average were warmer. But that doesn't mean the extremes are not going to be more extreme than ever. So if you're going to grow especially perennials and you start thinking about planting your yard, I've told a helped a bunch of people after this really severe winter, And it was terrible. They lost sometimes a a good percentage of their entire gardening area, either for their flowers or their food they're going to eat. I said, it's a good time to reconsider. If you're going to replant, plant some plants that are going to have a larger hardy range so that they can take the extremes that we're beginning to get more and more regularly. And then you won't have as much trouble, especially for those of you that just like your beautiful flowers. I I pretty much... uh, grow things that you eat. I, uh, where I used to have coleus and caladiums, I now plant Swiss chard. Where I used to put vines on the morning glories, for instance, on the fence, I now plant a hyacinth bean that's not only beautiful, has an orchid flower and everything, but it incidentally is edible. So I can send my grandkids out in the yard 
Several years back, I started, uh, instead of planting roses up along the edge of my sidewalk when I had the, the house where I could do it, I started planting cherry tomatoes, plum tomatoes, pear tomatoes, and on the ground, throw a few vines and let them grow up under the tomatoes in a little garden area. Make them cucumbers, make them squash. In some cities, believe it or not, it's not legal. I can't believe that. But why not have a, a, a an area that is both beautiful but can feed some of nature and certainly feed you and some of your children and grandchildren? So that's sort of a, a different way to look at things. But if you do it, uh, you'll be happy and the environment will be happy. And once you learn how to do it and get it all built up, believe it or not, you'll have a lower maintenance than you did when you were growing all your perennials and everything. I, I personally am not a grass grower. I have a little grass. Everybody should have a little grass with the kids to run or something. But everywhere you put either natural habitat or habitat you're going to use, a la annual vegetable plants or even annual flowers, uh, you've added something back to nature. And, and if we all did that, all of us, be amazed at how different the world would be. Thanks for staying tuned to Organic Matters, whether you're getting it on one of the radio stations or you're now getting me through my always-on-demand podcast. Appreciate you listening.